Well, happy March. Good morning. Good evening. Wherever you are, welcome back. This is Kate Larson and the Health is Power podcast. All right. My teen hates me. Adolescence. It is a transformative, magical, confusing time of self-discovery, a lot of emotion and growth. Guess what? Parenting a teenager is transformative, magical, confusing time of self-discovery and emotion, (laughs) right? It's a wild ride for everybody involved. And we here and there look at who's listening to Health is Power. We know that a big chunk of you out there are parents of teens, so this is for you. You knew it was coming eventually, and now suddenly... Your child is a teen and really everything about you is annoying, embarrassing, the way you walk, the questions you ask, the word that you use for headphones. You always get that one wrong. Your kid just can't stand being around you sometimes. And this is the same sweet darling child who used to look at you adoringly jump into your arms when you pick them up at school, hold your hand when you took them to school, who really, really adored you. My memories, I'm sure your memories of these adorable compliant children are now getting sparked with sort of these new memories of our almost unrecognizable teenagers that we are sharing our house, our meals, our love with. Believe me, I am often awestruck. Who is this six foot tall man child with facial hair standing in my kitchen? And then the heartbreaking words that come full force in our direction. I hate you. Teenage rage and anger, it feels like fire coming at us. It's stings our hearts. It singes our eyebrows. It hurts so much. It's incredibly personal. And it's definitely happened to me. And from the many conversations that I've had with friends and research and reading that I've done, it's really among one of the most stressful parts of parenting a young person. There's so much emotion in these moments, and it is really easy for well-meaning adults steeped in all of that to mess up. You know, we regress. What happens and what's happening? I think understanding adolescent brain is really important. As frustrating and painful as it can be for you as a parent, the fact that your kid is really allergic to you It's healthy. It really is. They have an inner drive to individuate, to break away. And this, of course, is a massive feat. There's so much worry that's happening inside our beautiful young ones. And it's coming from this natural push away from us and out into the world and into independence. Your kid has relied on you for so many years. And when they suddenly try to assert their independence, 
it, things are bound to get messy and emotional for everybody involved. Don't make it worse. They're still themselves. They're just more emotional. They're dramatic. They're sometimes crankier versions of who they were before. They're human beings, though, and they want respect. They need to be heard, right? No different from you, me, anybody else wanting to be understood and loved. Early in adolescence, the brain is getting remodeled. It's becoming more powerful and efficient. And this is part of the reason that they need so much sleep. The primitive regions, which are just above the back of the neck and they house the emotion centers, they're upgraded first, starting around age 10. The more sophisticated regions of the brain, including your prefrontal cortex, which is located behind your forehead, this gives the ability to reason and maintain perspective. These are developing last and may not reach full maturity until age 25. So it's a really long stretch of time. While this brain development is underway, young people are in a rather delicate position. They're able to be highly rational when they're calm, but when they get upset, if they get upset, this new high octane emotional structure can overpower their reasoning capacities, which are still under construction, right? The prefrontal cortex I talked about. So their brains are literally flooded, overwhelmed, and when they're angry, when they're upset, and that crashes the entire system until it has a chance to settle and recalibrate. So in the first of two recordings I'm doing on this topic, I want to help you to consider stepping into their shoes and seeing and feeling things from their very tender perch. Do you help your young person weather these emotional storms? How can you melt away some of the anger that is coming your way? First, let them win sometimes. I'm not saying give them whatever they want. I'm saying let them win sometimes. It feels really good. Being flexible. It's harder to hate someone when you feel like you're able to get your way and have a little bit of flexibility in the home that you live in. Number two, talk less and listen more. We all need this. <laughs> but with teenagers, it's so crucial. If they start out talking to you and then suddenly they get quiet, you're, you probably have hijacked the conversation. And teens really hate this. More often than not, we're jumping in, right? Earnest questions or suggestions. Is there any chance maybe you did something to hurt your friend's feelings or... You know, hey, are you not giving yourself enough time to study before your physics exam? And is that affecting your grade? Despite our best intentions, these efforts kind of feel like jabs and they just agitate our teenagers. They're maybe off the mark. We don't really know because they're not telling us, but they do often send the message that they're just not capable enough to solve their own problems. So if you listen more, they hopefully will talk more. All right, number three, take a moment and reflect. Do you criticize way more than you compliment? 
it's an easy habit to get into. I'm sure many of you all know the sandwich technique. It's something many teachers learn. Slow down and use a compliment sandwich when you're giving feedback, right? So when you're commenting, point out a strength, then maybe the thing that you wanted to address, a weakness, and then point out another strength. Whatever feels natural for you, but it is so important to find a way to focus, as I say, shine the light on the positive, find a way to compliment more than you criticize. And I will tell you, because I've experienced it in my home, the teens who only get criticized really wind up feeling angry and hateful. Um, there are times when I have leaned too hard in that direction because I'm trying to just keep the house running as a single mother and doesn't, it doesn't really end up helping us get to where we need to be. So find the balance and your team will really soften up. Number four, your expectations may be unrealistic and really about you as opposed to who they are and where they are headed. So ask yourself, what is it that my teen is allowed to be average at? Are you expecting straight A's? Do you expect perfection in everything that they do? Did they clean the dishes but forget to wipe the counters or deal with the pan soaking in the sink that you now have to deal with? And let's be real, did it irritate you because it wasn't how you would leave things? Mediocrity in some areas should be allowed. Truly, truly being middle of the road has to be a part of what's allowed and expected with these young people. Why? Because they are trying to experiment in so many different parts of their lives. This is how they figure out who they are. This is how they step out of their comfort zone and figure out how to master and enjoy their days. It's how they find their passion you know, the name of my venture, practice of life. You're only going to get great at something by putting in the hours. Nobody, nobody starts out great. So please allow the space for your teenager to be average in the things that they do. Okay. Number five, they feel your disapproval. Teenagers are hyper sensitive to criticism. And this is because of the emotions that come with the hormonal changes, the new importance that's placed on social status in this part of their development, their changing bodies, their awakening sexuality, and they are on a quest internally and externally to really understand who they are, how do they fit in? What matters to them? Do people like them? And all of this means they're very delicate beings and they're easily wounded. Maybe you don't like their clothing choices or their haircut or the fact that they put ketchup on literally everything. Maybe it matters to them. Maybe you don't like their boyfriend or girlfriend. You don't always even have to say anything. Your teenager can feel it. And body language is going to speak volumes. What that feels like to them is I am not good enough. I am not good enough for the people who are my safety net, right? What ends up happening for them is it starts to get incorporated into their internal voice and the recording that's playing in their head all day. And it makes them angry. Be gentle. Number six, 
they maybe feel that you believe that you know everything and that you're always right. This one really stings because it was one of the things that my son stated to me and I felt horrible. He said one time when we were having an argument that I wasn't willing to back down, that he felt like I so fervently believed that I knew what was best for him, that I acted like I had all the information kind of ties back to the listening. Maybe this comes from childhood and history. The truth is we don't have to parent the same way that we parented. We have a choice. We can take what worked and get rid of what didn't. But I've gotten much better with work at saying, I'm sorry, which I think I I felt like I always did, but I'm working harder at it. Being vulnerable about parenting is huge. I can say now to my son, I don't always know what the right thing is to do. I mean, come on, guys. We have to show our vulnerability in order to raise vulnerable beings. When a teen doesn't get the deserved apology or respect, they get angry and bitter. So we're all going to make mistakes. It's always helpful and important to make the time to repair. Number seven, they feel restricted as opposed to trusted. A wise man said, give your teenagers responsibilities, not restrictions. I don't know who it was, but I remember reading it and I took note. So instead of taking away the cell phone because the dirty clothes are all over the house, make your teenager pick up the clothes and do their own laundry as opposed to penalizing them. Again, my son has been very straight with me. He said, it actually doesn't help anything. It doesn't help motivate me when you punish me. So giving them responsibility is going to prepare them for adulthood. It shows them that you trust them enough to handle the situation. You know, hey, put them in charge of dinner tonight and, you know, say you'd be happy to pick up the groceries that they need when you're at the store. Think about ways you can build in more of that and they're going to pump up and feel better about themselves. And then the last thing that is so important to always remember is that they don't always love themselves yet. It's not always about us. It's about all the things that I talked to, all the moving parts that I talked about. They are trying to emerge out into the world as a fully formed person. And there's a lot of insecurity that comes with that. Don't forget how difficult that is. Don't forget how exhausting it is, how hard it is to navigate school and sports and relationships and homework and, you know, responsibilities at home. Don't forget that their body is maybe a little foreign to them and they really don't like how they look. Maybe they're stumbling with friendships that used to be easy for them. Maybe they don't know how to manage their time and they feel badly about that, but then you're kind of adding to it and saying, gosh, you're always playing video games and you're lazy. I think all of these things are sorting themselves out in their heads and their hearts and just focusing on trying to understand that and appreciate how much they're doing and managing and love them up, right? Love them up. That was a lot to take in. 
Take what you think is going to help you, what really resonates. Maybe some of the things don't apply. I bet so many of you are doing an exceptional job already. We're all in it together. I assure you that I am in the thick of it with all of you beautiful people, more or less tripping my way through the adolescent meltdowns that inevitably happen in a house with just me and a 17-year-old, very strong-willed young man. There's no place to escape, no one else to duck behind. Consider this an invitation, an opportunity to think about life as a teenager, be a little bit more tuned into how they are feeling living with you under your roof. And please come back for part two, where we'll continue this rich and spicy topic from the perspective of parent mindset, survival, <laughs> and self-care. Wishing you all the best. You're amazing. And I will see you on the flip side.